welcome to This Week in Video Games, episode 68. My name's Tom Kershaw, and this is a podcast all about the world of video games. So this week, it's a Souls-like special, and I've been playing a lot of Demon Souls on PS5, and I've also had a look back at the evolution of Souls-like games. So this includes From Software's journey to how they made Demon Souls, and also the games that followed. Also look at one of the most anticipated games of the year with Hollow Knight Silk Song and why you should be excited about it. So it's a pack show as always, let's get to it. Welcome to the show everyone, I hope you're well and you're having a good week. Now I'm good this week and today is a snow day which is super rare for the UK. Snows maybe once or twice per year while I am and today I woke up to a white blanket of snow over the city which was very very cool indeed. So other than the snowfall things have been going pretty good. Last few weeks I've been on a souls like kick given my playthrough of Demon Souls and I've got a review of that coming up first up in the show. So previously on the podcast, I've had a look at the evolution of looter shooters, and today I'm going to be branching that out with the evolution concept and looking at Souls-like games. So Demon Souls and the following Dark Souls series define that genre, but there's still plenty of other games out there, whether they be in 2D, 3D, Indie, or AAA, and I'm going to be getting into that a little later on in the show. I'm also checking out Hollow Knight Silksong with its link to the Souls-like genre. On the last episode, I named Hollow Knight Silksong as one of my most anticipated games of 2021, and today I'm going to be taking a closer look and rounding up all the information we know so far about the game and looking ahead to its release, hopefully in 2021. Right, that is enough intro waffle from me, so let's get into what I've been playing this week. Well this week I've been playing plenty of Demon Souls and I missed out on the first title back in 2009 but getting a taste of this one really makes me want to go back into the series and play more. This is probably only one of the true next generation games that we've got at the moment given that most games on the PS5 and the Xbox Series X are cross generation rather than jumping two feet first into next generation. Now, I don't really blame the game developers or the publishers because there's a huge audience out there still with PS4s and Xbox ones, and especially with the PS5 and Xbox Series X being so difficult to get still. And talking of which, I tried to get an Xbox Series X again this week, but no luck so far. I did have the opportunity to get an Xbox Series S, but at the last minute I chickened out thinking that I'd probably need that hard drive space. So the hunt for an Xbox Series X continues, and I'll let you know in the following weeks how I get on with that. Well first up this week, let's jump into my review of Demon Souls. So kicking off the next generation in style is Demon's Souls for the PS5, and perhaps the only true next generation game that we had at launch for both PS5 and Xbox Series X. It is back 11 years after it originally released in 2009, only this time the video games market is very different indeed. You know, back then there wasn't really anything like this, and now Souls-like has its own genre and back catalogue of great games. So Demon's Souls is where it all began for From Software, but this time it's back rebuilt with incredible detail and fidelity by Bluepoint Games, taking full advantage of the PS5 capabilities. Now Demon's Souls may look pretty, and if you've got the right setup, it looks absolutely incredible at 60fps, but it's as punishing as ever, testing your patience and your skills to the max. 
from software. They're busy at the moment with Elden Ring, and hopefully we're going to hear more about that this year. And still fresh off the back of 2019's Game of the Year with Sekiro Shadows Die Twice, and Bluepoint Games have been pulled in to rebuild Demon's Souls from the ground up, following on from their successful 2018 remaster of Shadow of the Colossus. So Bluepoint Games has fully embraced the technological toolbox that they've got at their disposal and realised the world of Demon's Souls in glorious detail. So the gameplay of Demon's Souls is as tricky as ever. It's full-on combat where you attack and defend with a sword and shield where the aim of the game is to master timing and enemy patterns. You know, one false move and you're likely going to be toast and it's the repetition and the mastery that ultimately is the most satisfying thing with Souls-like games. Somehow, it feels even more intense on the PS5, you know, with the fidelity of the enemies, that feeling in your hands with the feedback from the DualSense controller, and the fantastic audio design bringing the brutal and harsh world straight into your senses. You know, you're going to feel every clash of sword, every smash of a shield in brand new ways that you haven't experienced before. So one of the best improvements in this new version is the super-fast SSD with the PS5, where loading in massive and detailed environments can happen in seconds, and as a player, you hardly even notice. The worlds are absolutely seamless. So if you don't have to wait for loading times, then it's another mechanism to get you fully immersed in the gory world that you see before you. So this gothic world may look beautiful, but deep down this is a horror story. So enemies jump out at you from the shadows, demons roam around the world, as well as zombie-like creatures who grasp and reach towards you with menace, and some even wield fiery swords. At the start of the game, you build your character. You can be a knight, a hunter, a thief, and many more characters as well. And you've got the chance to wield and master a range of weapons. So I leaned into the knight during my playthrough, as you start with a nice sword and shield. The remake is somewhat true to the original in terms of gameplay and controls, whereas the visuals and the order have been given a massive upgrade and overhaul. So the original Demon's Souls was where it all started for From Software in the Souls-like genre, and some of the more sophisticated systems found later in Souls games hadn't yet been worked out or developed. So one example of this is the Nexus Hub world. So this acts as your central location and a respite from the constant barrage of battle, and also gives you a chance to chat with other NPCs and investigate new worlds. So this is very different from the later and massive connected worlds that we'd see in Bloodborne, and also Dark Souls and Sekiro. So there's not a lot of hand-holding in Demon's Souls. You put out there in the world with a few simple instructions, and it's best to get out there on the front foot in terms of attack. The world is brutal, it's punishing, but a game hasn't grabbed me like this in a long time. You're most likely going to die a lot, but therein lies the fun. You know, come back, do it again, learn the patterns of your opponents, and next time you'll do it a little better. But the battle system is really only one part of the game. There's also exploration, magic and plenty of secrets to uncover too. The boss fights remain the highlight of the game, although the environments this time are gorgeous and deadly in equal measure. Actually getting to the bosses will pose a significant challenge in itself. If you're new to the series or the genre, then don't expect an easy ride, but persevere and make it through with practice and repetition, and this game will reward you time and time again with huge set pieces and great moments of triumph over some enemies that initially look absolutely impossible to beat. As well as a single player element to the game, there's also multiplayer too, with other players leaving notes on the ground for you to discover. 
There's an element of PvP too, with the original Demon's Souls multiplayer servers went dark a couple of years ago, so this version of the game is now the only real way to experience that model from From Software as they devised back in 2009. The PvP is surprising, and I mean, it's not like you didn't have enough to worry about already with the swathe of enemies and bosses in front of you. It does add another layer of danger into the equation, which is always fun. So it's a risky move to go back to a beloved franchise entry like this, especially Demon's Souls, which really kicked off the genre of Souls-like. And look around on Steam at the moment, and you'll find 2D and 3D emulators, copies and love letters that span over the last 10 years. Bluepoint Games have done a great job breathing new life into Demon's Souls, and Sony has embraced the title and positioned it front and centre of the PS5 launch campaign. Yes, we've got Spider-Man, Mars Morales, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, true, but they're also available on PS4 and Xbox One. Demon's Souls, for now, is only available on PS5, and it's probably the best place for it given the features with the controller and the 3D audio. Demon's Souls is an absolutely fantastic game, an even better remake, and the perfect demonstration of what next-generation consoles can do. It's tough as nails, but there's also great moments of discovery here too, and it's packed full of secrets. Unless you're an expert in Souls games, it's not likely one you're going to beat in one sitting, but it's something you can come back to time and time again and face off against those tough bosses and brutal environments. If you've got PS5, then this is a must-buy title. So it was developed by Bluepoint Games and SIE Japan Studio, published by Sony Interactive Entertainment. It's released on the PlayStation 5 and it originally came out on the 19th of November 2020. Well, that is it for my review of Demon's Souls. So if you're enjoying this week in video games content and you want to support, then head on over to patreon.com forward slash this week in video games for benefits like joining the community discussion on podcasts, early access and exclusive content, as well as content votes and YouTube and podcast shout outs. There's also a merch store which includes t-shirts, hoodies and all kinds of other this week in video games stuff. And watching the videos and interacting down there in the comments is more than enough. But if you want to support this week in video games further, than you can through Patreon and Teespring, so you just check out the links down below for more information. Well, that is it for my Patreon plug, but next up, let's have a look at the evolution of Souls-like games. So Souls games have been around for over a decade, and given Demon's Souls is back, now is a really good time to have a look at the evolution of Souls games, including the games that inspired Demon and Dark Souls, as well as the games that From Software inspired in the years following. From Software have done a great deal to cultivate this style of game, but in recent years there have been some fantastic Souls-like games, and today I'm going to have a look at some of the best. So before we have a look into where the Souls games came from, let's have a quick look at the style of game. So Souls games are generally played from a third person perspective and focus on exploring interconnected environments whilst battling enemies with weapons and magic. So bosses are a big part of the game as well as chatting to weird and wonderful NPCs. And Souls-like games are definitely renowned for their difficulty. But the difficulty is there to teach rather than punish and is a massive feature of the series. So learn through repetition and past mistakes to ultimately succeed however big the boss might be. And if you die though, you do tend to lose everything and you're teleported back to the last checkpoint. At this point, you're normally given one chance to go back to where your body is and retrieve what you've lost. And if you die again, all is lost forever. And another couple of features of Souls games are the respawning enemies and also bonfires which act as checkpoints. Although these bonfires could be substituted for benches or other resting points in the games like we see in Hollow Knight. 
So combat is the main feature of the series, maintaining focus and endurance through a series of very, very tough battles. A single mistake can often lead to death, and the game's focus on mastery to overcome the terrifying huge bosses. So normally this requires a combination of attacks, defensive and evasive manoeuvres. For example, you may rush into a battle sword swinging and shields up. However, run out of stamina and those weapons all of a sudden are going to feel mighty heavy and leave you vulnerable to attack. So that is a brief rundown of the main features of the series. So let's have a look at the early beginnings from From Software and how they got to Demon Souls. So Demon's Souls originally came out in 2009, but it didn't come out of nowhere and From Software spent years honing their craft in similar areas. But it wasn't until Demon's Souls that things really took off. You know, the combination of punishing gameplay mixed with RPG mechanics and exploration was seeded years before. So King's Field was From Software's first entry into the games market, and this was a huge departure from their previous work, making business software out of Shibuya, Japan. Kingsfield was an original PlayStation game in the classic style at the time, and this was an action RPG with a difference. It wasn't like the Final Fantasy pixel art games. This was 3D, created with polygons, and definitely had some rough edges. Now, this was a first-person perspective game in a world devoid of colour and visual stimulation, far from other games of the time like Legend of Zelda, with its bright greens and vibrant worlds. Now, Kingsfield was dark, but also much deadlier than other action RPGs like it. The difficulty level, which is now a calling card from From Software, didn't originate in Kingsfield itself. It took inspiration from the tabletop RPGs of the time, like 1981's Wizardry and Ultima. Now, the formula from Kingsfield was practiced over a series of four games. As you go through the series, you can see the formula of the Souls games emerging. Shadow Tower was another iteration of the style by From Software, another first-person RPG from 1998. And here we see the introduction of the stamina bar, equipment, weight, and also weapon durability. And one of the most direct inspirations came from the soul-gathering mechanic in Shadow Tower, which draws a direct line to the gameplay found in Demon's Souls. From Software continued with the iteration of Shadow Tower in the late 90s on the PlayStation 2, with Shadow Tower Abyss, and that continued to get closer to the Demon Souls, which we ended up seeing a decade later with the dark, dangerous environments. So Shadow Tower Abyss was a little bit different as it had a modern-day setting rather than a medieval one where you can wield guns rather than swords and shields. So From Software continued making games with titles like Lost Kingdoms and Chrome Hounds, but these were rather mediocre hits. So it wasn't until 2009 and Demon's Souls when they finally struck gold with their formula. So this was a product of honing their craft, gameplay and systems over the past decade. Demon's Souls had a troubled development and almost didn't make it until Hidetaka Miyazaki came into the picture. So Miyazaki had been with From Software since 2004, but this was his first opportunity to shape the vision and direction for a game, and he looked to From Software's past from Kingsfield and Shadow Tower, mixing in gothic themes, and realised what we know as Demon's Souls today. The Demon's Souls was crafted with the earlier work inspirations of Miyazaki, and one of the main features was the weight of combat. So, for the first time, players would feel the clash of swords and the clang against shields like they never had before. Exploration was another focus, and Miyazaki brought his own personality into the game with his love for dark fantasy and from software, were onto a winner. So, whereas Demon's Souls had been a surprise hit, Dark Souls, that released in 2011, was much bigger in almost every way, including success for From Software. 
Main features of the Soul series were introduced such as bonfires and the interconnected world, and From Software wanted to create something similar to Demon's Souls, but as Sony owned the rights to the game, From Software had to start again, and Dark Souls was the product of that rethink. It originally came out on the PS3 and the Xbox 360, and you play as a cursed human who sets out to discover the fate of other undead humans just like yourself. The story is delivered to the player through small environmental interactions and you have to piece together little clues rather than the story being told in a more traditional way. And the high level of difficulty cemented from software's approach to games and won much praise and sales leading to Dark Souls becoming an absolutely huge hit. Next up we got Dark Souls 2 in 2014 and Dark Souls 2 is slightly different from the previous two games in the Souls series since Hidetaka Miyazaki didn't take on the game director role and he was busy working on the upcoming Bloodborne. However, he was still involved as a supervisor. So Dark Souls 2 was released in 2014 for PC, PS3 and Xbox 360. And this time the game takes place in the fictional kingdom of Dranglik, where players have to find a cure for the undead curse, and it's set in the same universe as Dark Souls, but without a direct story connection to the original. Next up we got Bloodborne in 2015, and Bloodborne was a new IP developed by From Software in the mould of the Soul series. So you play as a hunter in a gothic Victorian era inspired city called Yarnum, and the people of the town are being infected by a Bloodborne disease, and it's the hunter's job to find out the source of the plague whilst fighting classic From Software enemies and bosses. There's similarities to the Soul series with customisable player character, weapons, bosses and a huge interconnected environment to explore and Miyazaki took inspiration from HP Lovecraft and Bram Stoker as well as real world architecture from Romania and the Czech Republic. So Miyazaki wanted to create a new IP having worked on the Soul series for a number of years and the game remains a PlayStation exclusive to this day. You can pick it up as part of the PS Plus classic PS4 games on the PS5. Next up we got Dark Souls 3 and this one came out in 2016. So originally announced at E3 in 2015, Dark Souls 3 was released in early 2016 for Windows, PS4 and Xbox One. The gameplay is much faster than the previous Dark Souls games, leaning on the influence from Bloodborne. This time the game is set in Lothric where players have to end the cycle of linking the flame. In 2017, a complete version was released which included the base game and the expansions to Ashes of Arundel and the Ring City, and it was entitled Dark Souls 3 The Fire Fades. So Dark Souls 3 was a massive hit for From Software, and it became Bandai Namco's fastest selling game by selling 10 million copies by 2020. And Miyazaki, he was interviewed during the promotional tour of Dark Souls 3 and was asked about the Souls and Bloodborne games. So he said, I don't think it would be the right choice to continue indefinitely creating Souls and Bloodborne games, and considering Dark Souls 3 to be the big closure on the series. That's not just limited to me, but From Software and myself together want to aggressively make new things in the future, and I believe that From Software has to create new things. There's going to be new types of games coming from us, and Dark Souls 3 is an important marker in the evolution of From Software. So from this point I'm going to have a look at some of the games that the Soul series inspired. So Demon Souls, Dark Souls 1 to 3 and Bloodborne had cemented this new type of punishing action RPG which is slowly becoming a new genre in its own right. There's plenty of other games out there in this style to check out and the following I think are some of the best. So first up we got Neo in 2017 and Neo is an action adventure RPG developed by Team Ninja for the PS4. It was first released in 2017 and a sequel followed in 2020. 
A remaster of Neo is planned for the PS5 in February 2021, and the game is set in fictional 1600s and follows the protagonist William Adams, an Irish sailor named after and inspired by an Englishman who is one of the only Western samurai. And the gameplay is similar to the Soul series where you have to navigate levels and defeat huge monsters. And combat is focused around stamina or key management and different sword stances that are strong or weak against enemies. Next up we've got Hollow Knight in 2017. So Hollow Knight is a challenging, beautiful action-adventure game set in the vast, interconnected, underground kingdom of Hallownest. It's a 2D action game with emphasis on skill and exploration, so Hollow Knight has you fighting a fearsome host of deadly creatures, avoiding intricate traps and solving ancient mysteries as you make your way through a fungal waste, forest of bones and a ruined underground city. So Hollow Knight definitely looks different to traditional Souls-like games given its 2D art style, but it's got a lot of the mechanics of a Souls game. The action RPG elements, exploration and fighting massive and difficult bosses, plus speaking to weird and wonderful NPCs. Next up we've got Sekiro Shadows Die Twice, and this one came out in 2019 and actually won Game of the Year. So Sekiro is the latest game from From Software, and it follows a shinobi known as Sekiro, his story of revenge on his samurai attacker. So unlike other games in the Soul series, it doesn't have as many RPG elements. So it doesn't have character creation, multiplayer elements and levelling up abilities. However, it does have gear upgrades, skill trees, and a little bit of character customization. So combat is similar to other Souls games, punishing and using death and repetition to teach you. So rather than being down enemy health bars, Sekiro attacks enemy balance and poise and looking for an opportunity to strike a killing blow. So there's stealth elements allowing you to sneak up on enemies to deliver a stealth kill from behind. And as well as your trusty katana, Sekiro can use a variety of tools such as a grappling hook. And there's definitely more tools available later on in the game to provide variety to the combat and the world traversal. So this is a much faster game than other games from From Software that they've released, and the game rewards you from attacking and being in the face of enemies rather than the hit and roll tactics found in Bloodborne and other Dark Souls games. So it's another iteration on the winning formula from From Software, and it definitely makes me look forward to what they've got coming up next. So next up, we've got a slightly different one, and this is Remnant from the Ashes, another game released in 2019. So Remnant mashes together some successful ideas and emulates some really nice Souls-like features. So there's elements of Souls-like games here with the exploration of an overworld, third-person view, and very, very challenging boss battles. So you mix that up with an over-the-shoulder shooter like Gears of War and the loot gathering of a game like Destiny, then you've got a really interesting prospect on your hands. You know, the basic premise of the game is that you're a character set in a post-apocalyptic world overrun by monsters, and the world takes inspiration from Fallout or Metro, and the environments are barren, and the overworld is danger-filled. So the evil Root has taken control of the overworld and wants to smash, kill and perhaps eat everything that gets in its way. So one of the best features in the game is the procedural generated levels and the randomization. So at the start of the playthrough, the game generates the overworld items and bosses in a random manner, meaning that each player will have a slightly different experience from the other. So the quick elevator pitch for a remnant from the ashes is Dark Souls with guns, and while that may be accurate, there's a depth to the game that keeps the player engaged and challenged throughout. So the weapons, the armor, the mod system provide specialization systems that allow the players to hone their playstyle to be specific, and the procedurally generated levels will keep you guessing and provide variety, and it's going to keep you coming back for more. 
Next up, we've got an indie entry with Mortal Shell, and this one came out in 2020. So Mortal Shell is a Souls-like game where you take on the form of a white, frail being forced to inhabit shells of former champions. And the world is dark, it's moody, full of danger and an interesting lore, and it's going to send a shiver or two down your spine. So in this action RPG, you're going to be collecting shells or armor suits, as well as weapons and items along the way, and you're going to face off against some very scary-looking enemies indeed. So much like other Souls games before it, Mortal Shell from Cold Symmetry is punishing, but ultimately satisfying when you come out of a battle. So you start out in a dreamlike world, learning the ropes in a tutorial area where you're given a sword, and learn a few moves like our light attack, heavy attack and dodge, and one of the most unique selling points of the game is our hardened mechanic. So instead of blocking in the game, we have the ability to harden, and then there's a cooldown of a few seconds. So when an enemy is approaching and they're swinging their sword at you, you can harden and the sword is going to bounce right off, leaving them prone to a counter-attack. It's a great Souls-like effort from a smaller indie team, and the game is absolutely gorgeous. So next up, we've got the most recent entry, and this is the Demon Souls remake. So this one came out in 2020, and Miyazaki had spoken in the past about the audience desire for a Demon's Souls remake, but he didn't really want to work on the project himself, having left behind the series with 2016's Dark Souls 3. So in June 2020, Bluepoint Games announced they're working on a remake as a launch title for the PlayStation 5. And Bluepoint went on to co-develop the game with Japan Studios, who had helped them out with the remake of Shadow of the Colossus back in 2018. So next up, we've got Elden Ring. So this one hasn't come out yet, and I'm hoping it's going to be in 2021. But we don't know yet much about Elden Ring, and it was announced in 2019 as a partnership between From Software and George R.R. Martin, the writer of A Song of Ice and Fire novels, which included the Game of Thrones. So we've had a teaser trailer, and that's it with many fans wanting it to come out in 2021. So the game is being directed by Miyazaki, and he asked George to come in and work on the project, as he was a fan of his work. So Martin, and George R.R. R. Martin, is going to develop the backstory and lore of the game. So the game started development in 2017, following the release of The Ring City, a DLC for Dark Souls 3. And according to Miyazaki, the game is going to be much larger in scale and scope than the Souls series, and he sees the game as a natural evolution of the Souls games, rather than a sequel of some kind. So those are some of the best games that have released since the original Soul series came out. And I wanted to mention a couple of others too, just in case you wanted to go back and check them out. So there's Ashen, Titan Souls, and also Code Vein, which are others I think are worth mentioning, checking out in the Souls-like genre. Well, that is it for my look at the evolution of Souls-like games. And the Souls-like games have evolved over the last 10 years. And now we've got a load of interesting and challenging games to play across a variety of platforms. So some are 2D, some are 3D. Yes, you can play the Demon's Souls remake on the PlayStation 5 in all its 4K glory. Or you can chill out on the sofa or in bed with Dark Souls remake on the Nintendo Switch. So if you haven't jumped into this genre before, then give it a shot. You know, at times you're going to be frustrated and at times you will die. But if you can crack that formula and stick with these titles long enough to experience the sheer joy of beating these seemingly impossible bosses, then you'll realise why the Soul series has such an influence over the last decade and why so many games have since tried to emulate what From Software started. Well, that is it for my look at the evolution of Souls-like games. Next up, let's have a look at the all-platform charts. So 
So at 10 this week, it's Ring Fit Adventure, down four places from last week's number six. And at nine this week, we've got new Super Mario Bros. U Deluxe, and that's holding steady at last week's number nine. At eight this week, it's Super Mario 3D All-Stars, up three places from last week's number 11. And at seven this week, it's Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War, up three places from last week's number 10. At six this week, it's FIFA 21, up down two places from last week's number four. And at five this week, it's Minecraft, up two places from last week's number seven. At four this week, it's Grand Theft Auto 5, up four places from last week's number eight. And at three this week, it's Just Dance 2021, holding steady at last week's number three. At two this week, it's Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, holding steady at number two. And holding steady at number one, it's Animal Crossing New Horizons. So congrats to the team there, because that has been at number one for the last few weeks. Well, that is it for the charts this week. And next up, let's have a look forward to Hollow Knight Silksong and why it's one of my games of 2021 and definitely one for the watch list. So Hollow Knight Silksong is the highly anticipated follow-up to 2017's Hollow Knight. Originally slated for DLC for Hollow Knight, Silksong has grown in scale and scope and now will stand alone as a Hollow Knight sequel. This cross between a Metroidvania and a Souls-like game is definitely one of my most anticipated games of 2021. So Hornet replaces the knight of the first game and Silksong starts when Hornet is imprisoned in the depths of the haunted kingdom of Farloom. So Hornet has to escape the prison by scaling the citadel on her way to freedom and Hornet has a different set of abilities when compared to our knight of the first game. So Hornet's bigger and also much more agile and Team Cherry recently gave an exclusive interview to Edge magazine here in the UK where co-directors Ari Gibson and William Pellin revealed some crucial details about the upcoming sequel. So Hornet can travel so much faster, she can jump higher and she can mantle or clamber onto ledges and she's generally more acrobatic. So the caves around her have to expand to accommodate her height. We can expect enemies to present more of a challenge. So for example, in Hollow Knight you could trick enemies into falling off platforms. However, Pelin reveals this about the upcoming Silk Song. The characters in this game, they're kind of one step beyond that, where it doesn't quite feel right for them to be that simple. Like, they've got surprising ways of chasing you, keeping up with you, or evading your attacks. So Hornet's abilities are related to the silk that she can produce. So Hornet gathers silk by hitting enemies, much like the knight from the first game gathers souls. So Hornet can also use her silk to heal, and she can do this much faster than the knight could. The silk takes centre stage in terms of attacks with Hornet's abilities, and it allows for traps and other tools to take down enemies in much cleverer ways. As well as the more advanced attack system, the quest system looks like it's getting a thorough overhaul too, with quest logs and guides for Hornet to hunt down legendary monsters and find lost treasures and much, much more too. We don't have a confirmed release date for Silksong yet, but then again, after a quiet 2020, the details seem to be leaking out more often, especially with the big interview recently with Edge magazine. So Team Cherry said the game would come out when it's ready, and no doubt 2020 took its toll on development with COVID and everything, but it was at E3 2019 when they showed off 20 minutes of gameplay at Nintendo's event, and since then, the details have been very few and far between. 
So Team Cherry's Matt Griffin did give a small clue as to the current state of the game by recently saying on their Discord that you could say that we've finished all the content of the game and are in final testing, but even that doesn't say anything about the release schedule. My own personal philosophy is that you shouldn't announce a release date until you've got a build that could be released, and then you're just giving yourself some time to fix additional bugs and market a game. So it's likely that we're in the final stages of the game, but given the situation we're in at the moment, testing and making sure the game is at its best is no easy feat due to the global pandemic. So there is one trailer out there which originally released in 2019, and that features Hornet being captured and taken to the Kingdom of Farloom. The snippets of fighting with Hornet looking much more agile and quick compared to our Hollow Knight, and one of the comments I keep reading about the game and the feedback is that the game looks harder, quicker and much more developed than the first game, which is no small task given Hollow Knight is often quoted as one of the best games of the modern era, with its smooth and responsive gameplay and its gorgeous yet dark environments. So I think there's plenty to look forward to when it comes to Hollow Knight Silksong, and given Team Cherry's dedication to their craft and what they managed to produce with the first game, hopefully we're going to see it in 2021, and this could very well be a Game of the Year contender. Well that is it for that look ahead to Hollow Knight Silksong, and hopefully it's going to be coming out in 2021. But next up, another Nintendo Switch game, and I've been playing this one on the couch and it's Space Invaders Forever. So Space Invaders Forever is available on the Nintendo Switch and the PS4, and Space Invaders is obviously one of the most important games to have ever been released, and it's back once again with this bundle now available so you can sit back and relax on the couch with Nintendo's latest console. So this is a trio of games for the ever-expansive Space Invaders collection, and it includes Space Invaders Extreme, Space Invaders Gigamax 4 SE, and Arknoid vs Space Invaders. So Space Invaders Gigamax 4 SE provides some multiplayer entertainment, whilst offering you a much wider area than the original. However, other than those two features, there's not really much here to keep you hooked. Arkanoid vs Space Invaders is much better than the previous title, definitely offering up more entertainment value. And Arkanoid vs Space Invaders offers a novelty of turning the Switch round using it in vertical mode, which I don't think I've done before. You know, mixing the gameplay of Space Invaders and Arkanoid is good stuff, smashing back enemy shots in true Arkanoid style. This game offers more hidden easter eggs for superfans of Taito's games, and the one criticism I do have here is that it's a mobile phone port, and it definitely feels like like it. It's a little bit clunky and it doesn't really take the Switch hardware first and foremost because it wasn't developed with that in mind. And it's an adequate port but it could have been done better. Space Invaders Extreme is definitely the best title of the trio here. You know, we've got the original gameplay of Space Invaders mixed in with Extreme's big power-ups and over-the-top gameplay. This time-limited challenge with waves and waves of enemies and a great soundtrack that goes along with a much more exciting gameplay of this entry rather than the previous two. So Space Invaders Extreme stands head and shoulders above the other two, so if you're going to start somewhere, I'd recommend it be here. And the soundtrack alone for Space Invaders Extreme is almost worth the asking price for the full package is that good. Unfortunately that is the highlight of an otherwise average package, so Space Invaders Extreme is awesome and great fun. Arkanoid vs Space Invaders isn't too bad, but Space Invaders Gigamax 4 SE isn't really worth your time and effort. 
In terms of games on offer, there's one great game here in a trio of games, and there aren't many other extras. You know, it'd be great to see artwork, classic music, or other features accompanying the package with a title like Space Invaders Forever, but they're just not here. Now, fortunately, Space Invaders doesn't really hold up to today's standards in terms of grabbing and then holding attention spans. You know, yes, the game was massively influential when it first came out, but it doesn't really hold a candle to even most free games of the current generations. Space Invaders Forever is one-third great fun, and it's good that the title is available on Nintendo Switch, and Space Invaders Extreme is a good time in its own right. You know, it may have been better to sell Space Invaders Extreme on its own without the baggage of other entries and at a lower price that might have made much more sense from a value point of view. You know, I do remember being in pubs in the late 80s playing the original Space Invaders on a glass tabletop version of the game, waiting in the playroom whilst my parents had a pint or a glass of wine on Sundays. You know, playing this game took me back to that time. However, I'm old enough to remember the original. I'd be interested in hearing from the reaction of gamers today and what they think of Space Invaders Extreme. You know, I got a nostalgia trip out of it, but otherwise I can really only recommend Space Invaders Extreme from that trio. So it's developed by Taito and Einin. It's available for Nintendo Switch and PS4, and it was originally released on the 11th of December 2020. And thank you to the PR team provided a review copy of the game. Well, that is it for my review of Space Invaders Forever. And next up, let's look at what we've got coming out in the next few weeks. So in the next few weeks, on the 26th of January, we've got a few titles. So we've got Cyber Shadow on PS5, PS4, Xbox One, Switch and PC. We've got Stronghold Warlords coming out on PC. And we've got The Sims 4 Paranormal Stuff Pack coming out on PS4, Xbox One and PC. Then on the 27th of January, we've got a few more. So we've got Right the Eye of Atlantis. That's coming out on PC. We've got the Dark Eyed Chains of Saturnav. That's uh, PS5, Xbox Series S and X, PS4, Xbox One and Switch. We've got the Dark Eye Memoria. That's on PS5, Xbox Series S and X, PS4, Xbox One and Switch again. And then moving on to the 28th of January. So we've got Disjunction. That's PS4, Xbox One, Switch and PC. We've got Allegia coming out on Switch and PC. And then another one on the 28th, we've got Sword of the Necromancer. That's coming out on PS5, Xbox Series S and X, PS4, Xbox One, Switch and PC. And then a big one on the 28th, we've got The Medium. That one's coming out on Xbox Series S and X and PC. And that one's coming out on Xbox Game Pass 2. And we've got the Yakuza Remaster Collection, Xbox One and PC. And then we've got TOHU. That's coming out on PS4, Xbox One, Switch, Stadia and PC. And then on the 29th of January, we've got Bonkies, PS4, Xbox One, Switch and PC. And finally, in January, we've got Gods Will Fall, and there's PS4, Xbox One, Switch, Stadia and PC. So then moving into February, on the 2nd of February, we've got Control. That's coming out on PS5, Xbox Series S and X. And if you haven't played Control, that one is going to look really, really good on next generation consoles. On February the 4th, we've got a couple of games. We've got Blue Fire coming out on Switch and PC. And we've got Werewolf the Apocalypse, Earthblood, coming out on PS5, Xbox Series S and X, PS4, Xbox One and PC. On the 5th of February, we've got Kinetic Edge, that's on PC. We've got Neo 2, the Complete Edition, that's on PS4. We've got Neo 2 Remastered, the Complete Edition, that's on PS5. We've got Neo Remastered on the PS5, and we've got the Neo Collection, also on the PS5. 
So loads of really good games coming out in the next few weeks. So one that's definitely caught my eye is Cyber Shadow. And I think I'm going to be picking that up on either the PC or the PS5. Looks like a classic 16-bit side-scroller. Looks really, really good fun. And also the medium as well. Really, really good. And that one is coming to Xbox Game Pass. Can't wait to pick that one up. And also we've got the Yakuza Remaster Collection coming to Xbox One and PC. And also I think Xbox Game Pass 2. So loads of great stuff coming out in the next few weeks. And also Control. I mentioned it before. Absolutely fantastic game, one of the best games of 2019, nearly game of the year. Just pipped to the post by Sekiro Shadows Die twice. But that one is going to look absolutely beautiful on the PS5 and the Xbox Series S and X. Well, that is it for this week's episode. And if you want to get involved in the show, then get in contact through patreon.com forward slash this week in video games. As always, thank you so much for listening. For more this week in video games content like this, like, subscribe on YouTube, and share with a friend. To join our community, check out the Discord link in the description. And you can follow me on Twitter at TWIVG Podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast or found it useful, liking and sharing it would really help me out. Otherwise, check out the other podcasts in the feed. Thanks again, and I'll see you in the next one. 